This is the King Chasing Podcast, where we keep Christ at the center of athletics. Here's your host, Brandon Gilmore. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Brandon, and this is the King Chasing Podcast. As always, thanks for joining us, and please make sure to visit our website at thenccaa.org for more King Chasing content. Today's guest is Camilo Rodriguez, the goalkeeping and assistant coach for Clemson University's men's soccer team. Camilo is in his seventh season with the Tigers, who won the 2021 NCAA Men's Soccer National Championship. The 2021 Tigers goalkeeper group combined for 10 shutouts and the 15th best goals against average in the country. Prior to Clemson, Camilo spent eight seasons as head coach of the Southern Wesleyan University Warriors, leading them to two NCCAA Division I Men's Soccer National Championships and earning NCCAA Coach of the Year honors in 2013. Thanks for listening today, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Camilo. Well, hey, Camilo, welcome to King Chasing. How are you doing today? Good, Brandon. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you on uh, today. Uh, You're now in your seventh year as the goalkeeping and assistant men's soccer coach at Clemson. Uh, During your time there, the Tigers have made the NCAA tournament five times and won the national championship last year. Uh, When that final whistle blew, what was going through your head? Oh man, a lot of a lot of things go through your head. There's uh, there's so much time and effort that we put into this, you know, year after year. And uh, <clears throat> after I think I'm going into my most 15, 16 season in in, in college soccer as a, as a coach, one of the things that I've learned is like you know like it, it doesn't matter what um you know what division you're playing, winning a national championship is very difficult. Uh, so when you are able to achieve something like this, it's just, you know, just you kind of feel relieved because, you know, you know that all the hard work that you put in, it's kind of paid off. So it was just a sense of uh, happiness, you know, fulfillment, thankfulness, and, and you know, obviously, you know, just uh, just thankful to be able to leave that that experience at a place like Clemson at, at, at this level. Yeah. Was there a specific point in the season where uh, you kind of knew, man, this team is special and, and might be capable of winning it all? Um, yeah, so it, this this past season was a very interesting one, and it was a very, um, very good when it comes to, like, learning about, you know, um, college athletics. And, you know, this was not our best team. Um, and the last, you know, obviously I've been here for seven years now, and I, I can clearly – tell you there was at least three other teams in years prior that I felt were more talented um, but this team just had uh, a great group of men uh, with great character uh, and obviously we had a lot of experience as well because of Kobe we had a lot of guys that actually came back the last year um, so we knew that we had a lot of that um, a lot of those non-tangibles that we talk about in, in, in coaching um, so we knew this, this group was special but uh, we lost, uh, um, we had two main number nine strikers. One of them we lost early in the season, which was one of our captain. The only one we lost him in the first game of postseason. Uh, so when we lost those guys, we, we knew that it was going to be, you know, a challenging postseason for us. And then we just started, you know, kind of finding a, a, a groove and finding a, uh, ways to win. 
but I think it was when we went to Oregon State. At that point, Oregon State was the number one team in the country, and we traveled across the country to their field, play in a, in a pretty tough atmosphere. And, uh, you know, we, we got hammered, we got battered for the first 45 minutes. Uh, those guys should have been up two or three goals, uh, but we found a way to stay in the game. And then we knew that, you know, if we could stay, you know, in the game for 60, 70 minutes, they would start uh, dropping their level because they didn't sub much. So as we got closer to the second half, you know, we, we knew we were in the game. And then we went to penalties and then when we won the pens i felt like you know if we were able to do this to the number one team in the country i feel like we can we can win it all so i think oregon state was probably the game where you know when we all kind of had the game at the end of the game looked and and say we we can definitely do this all the way yeah you've been pretty instrumental to the overall success of the tigers since you arrived uh but specifically looking at last year's tournament run the team allowed just three goals in five games. Uh, you won two penalty shootouts, and your goalkeeper, George Marks, tallied 15 saves and was named the defensive MVP of the College Cup. Uh, how proud were you of the team and to have been a part of that? No, I'm super proud, man. That's uh, that's one of the things that, that uh, you know, makes you feel, you know, again, all this hard work that we put in. And, and when you see, you know, guys like George who, came here as a freshman and worked so hard and had probably one of the most uh, professional mental mentalities, um, you know, just uh, this hardworking kid, you know, to see all the three years that he put in um, working with me and then see all paid off. It just makes you really proud. Um, you know, he not only on the field, but he was a captain as well. And, you know, what people don't see is all the things that, that he and the other captains do off the field for the team that are just, if not more important than, than, you know, the penalty shootouts. And that's what, you know, that's what made that group so special. Uh, but yeah, definitely sharing that, like the moment and, and that experience with George was, was very unique. Um, you know, because of my position here, I get to um, get really close and get to know a lot, the goalkeepers and, and, you know, work with the bats. And so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close to those guys too. So to see George, you know, have such a successful tournament was very, very gratifying for me. Now, before Clemson, uh, you were the head coach at NCCA member school, Southern Wesleyan University, for eight seasons. Uh, you led the Warriors to two NCCAA national championships. I'm curious how special that is for you to have won national titles at both uh, the NCCA level and then now uh, the NCAA Division One level. Oh, it's pretty cool, man. Um, you know, like I said earlier, like it doesn't matter the level. Winning a national championship is extremely important, extremely difficult. And, uh, you know, to be able to do it, you know, three times, you know, at different levels is something that, you know, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Um, and one of the things that I'm very proud of, um, just because, like I said, just, it's not just having a good team, it's just having a lot of things going your way, you know, just a lot of things have to fall in place for that to happen. You know, there are people who've been coaching for 30, 40 years, and they never had an opportunity to play in a national final. And, yeah. and I've, I've had the opportunity to do that three times. So. Um, you know, I consider myself a very blessed coach and a very, very blessed man. So, yeah, super, super cool. How has the journey been for you spiritually as you transition from Southern Wesleyan, a private faith based institution to now a public institution? Um, it hasn't been too difficult, to be honest with you. And at the beginning coming in, I thought it would be harder. Uh, but because of the proximity of the schools, you know, like the South here is still uh, I think it's uh, it's more common to be able to share your faith um, in, in scenarios like where I am, right? 
Um, so, but it is a little bit different because, you know, obviously when you, when you work at an NCCA institution, that's kind of your main goal. That's the main emphasis. Um, when you come to a division one, especially power five school, it is not. So you do have to be a little bit more intentional on how you go to about, you know, building those relationships and, and finding a way to, you know, uh, live your life in a way that people can notice and see the difference. Um, you know, luckily here at Clemson, we, we are supported, you know, we have a, an FCA member that comes and, and meets with our guys weekly and, you know, we have a really good relationship and, and I try to be as, as involved as I can with them. So, so no, it's been, it's been great. It's just, you know, it's just a different way to do it. You know, I, I feel like, you know, and you have more of a platform when you, when you are at NCCA school, but I think we all can find platforms in, in our, in our, you know, in our jobs and in our daily lives where we can still show light. Yeah. You touched on this a little bit, but uh, being at Clemson, um, you know, Dabo Sweeney's there. He's been very outspoken about his faith. Um, has his boldness been an inspiration to you? Um, I, I don't I don't know if it'll be an inspiration, but it's pretty cool to see how he uses his platform, you know, to to deliver the, the message. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, again, that's one of the reasons why maybe here at Clemson, uh, people are more open to, to, you know, to talking about faith and, and, and Jesus and God. So um, I think that helps a little bit. Uh, but I think we all have different ways to go about our faith and how we, we share it with other people. Um, and you know, I think I, I respect everybody and I'll certainly respect the way he does it. Um, I'm definitely not that kind of uh, a person, you know, my, my, the, probably the way I live my, my life and my faith is different. Uh, but he does open a lot of opportunities and doors for, for all of us to be able to be more open and, and share our own um, lives and, and our experiences. Now, coaching at an NCAA Division One school has to take up uh, a lot of your time and energy. Um, what advice do you have for coaches who may be struggling balancing their work, family, and faith? It, it is the most difficult thing of my job. I think personally, you know, obviously I, I have a, a young family. I have three kids that are under seven, uh, obviously a wife. And, and that's the thing that is the hardest thing for me is to, is to manage and, and having a balanced life. Um, there is, you know, obviously the more you see, you know, the, the more I've been in this, you know, the more I see coaches that are having the same issues. And, and I think that's where it's so important to have your priorities straight and you know having your foundations and knowing what's important in your life um i think also it's different when you're a head coach you can manage your own time you're able to you're in control of what you want to do when you're not the head coach you, you don't have as much control so you know depending on where you are in in in, in those roles you know i think that that you have to um prioritize on how you do your things every day because uh you know that the the time um expectation here at this level is, is pretty high and demanding um so um spending time with your family it's it's uh it's 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 tough you know same thing with you know like uh, something as simple as going to church you know like we train on sundays because we've been playing on monday so so it kind of changes the way normally your routine would be uh so it, you know i think there are there are stages throughout the year where you you know have more time to to be able to you know maybe go to church and do those things and, and there are times when you have to kind of be more intentional and try to spend more time on your own when you can go to church you know is make sure that you still spend time daily and, and, and try to you know stay close to the war and and and, and, uh, and do those things but 
yeah no for me uh, it's uh, i don't know it's really hard to give advice because you know i think the whole situation is a little bit different uh, but I, I do think that it's important that your 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 priorities are, are always straight and you know that you know that god is, is first and then based on that you know you you kind of manage your time as good as you can uh, because you know uh, i start like i told we thought we just stop here you know our my my main job as a uh, in, in this life is to be obviously um, a husband for my wife and a father of my kids um, and that's my number one role job before i'm a coach so i try to i try to do that the way how i spend my time um, but it's not always doable just because of the the, the timing demands of, of my job now you aren't the only one in your family who's won an ncca title uh, your wife won a national championship in 2007 as a student athlete I'm curious, did, did her experience as a student athlete along with yours help prepare you both for the demands of being a college coach? I think I would say that it, that it does, but I don't think you, you actually comprehend until you are actually submerged into it, right? Uh, just because, you know, at the beginning, you know, you think, oh, this is awesome being athletics, and, and it is, but you're also, uh, now that we have kids, you know, like it's uh, because I'm gone a lot and I spend a lot of time, you know, with the team, then a lot of things fall on her lap. So I don't think until you're in that spot, you don't realize the importance of of, of, uh, of what I do and, and the time and all that. Uh, but I think certainly, you know, being a student athlete, um, you know, she understands, she knows what, what uh, we expect from our players and kind of what the expectations are from us as a staff as well. So I think it has helped us, but I think we've also learned um, you know, through the years and experience, you know, my experiences as a coach was very different than the one that, I, that I'm experiencing right now. So, you know, every stage a bit different and we're just trying to, you know, learn together and, and how to navigate through, you know, uh, you know, coaching, you know, family, parenting and all those things in, in life that is, uh, is so important. Now, after Clemson's win this year over Indiana, uh, Clemson tweeted out that you have the best atmosphere in college soccer. How important is it for fans to come out and give that true home field advantage? It's super important, man. I think that's one of the things that it makes Clemson special is like uh, not only not only in soccer, but most of the sports. When, when you come to a, a sporting event here at Clemson, like there is a lot of people that support our sports. And, um, you know, for us, you know, the, we play uh, the two Fridays that we played at home, we'd had 6,000 plus people in each game. Wow. And it just gives you, yeah, it just gives you a different kind of energy, you know. Um, it, it, and I think that's one been of our keys in success over the last few years. I think we uh, probably are a top five team when it comes to, you know, winning home games. And, and part of it is because we, we do have that support. You know, when we play the NCAA uh national uh i'm sorry ncaa tournament games here at clemson i mean the atmosphere is incredible and the support is awesome and you know the team the team you know soaks it up and, and uses it for for our advantage so uh you know the more people that we can get here you know the better and and we talk about it when sometimes when we go to other acc schools to play important games their support is not even close to what we get here so we we know that we're very thankful uh and and blessed to have such a great you know, a university behind us and, and the fans and the students that always are, are there for, for not just men's offer, but a lot of the, you know, this past weekend, there was 80,000 people, you know, watching football and, right. you know, you go to a self, the softball games, like the, the stadium is now too small because they, they have too many people. So 
that's uh, that's a, a huge advantage in, co in college athletics. Yeah, that's great. A um, couple final questions here. Uh, the World Cup is is almost upon us. Uh, I know speaking right before this uh, podcast, uh, Colombia is your team, and unfortunately, <laughs> they are not in it this time around. Um, so I'm curious, uh, who are you going to be rooting for, uh, and who do you think is going to actually win it all? Um, so the uh, funny thing is, like, I just actually became a, uh, an American citizen this year. Awesome. So, Congratulations. Yeah, so thank you. So um, obviously now that I have kids, my oldest kid, Luca, he is all about soccer. He loves it, you know, so it's pretty cool for me. Yeah. But because obviously he's American, and, you know, he thinks he's South Colombian as well. So those are our two teams, right? Um, but um, so when Colombia didn't make it, you know, I was I was very disappointed, obviously. Uh, and now, obviously, I want to support, you know, the U.S. Uh, but also, like I've always been a fan of Argentina, the way they play. Luca is a huge Messi fan, so he actually will probably cheer for Argentina more than you know either <laughs> U.S. or Colombia. Uh, so those are the two things that I will probably support. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, uh, Germany has a really good squad and, and Spain is always favored. So uh, it is a, it is a little bit weird uh, because the World Cup timing is different. This is going right. to be something. It doesn't really feel like a World Cup year. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it's going to uh, um, affect the, the schedule, the time of the games. So uh, I'm very uh, skeptical about the whole experience of the World Cup just because of the timing uh, and the, you know, Obviously, growing up, you know, this is just the biggest deal of summers, you know, and now not having it in the summer, games being on 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Not sure if he's going to lose a little bit of his magic, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it should be exciting. Yeah, for sure. Well, Camilo, that's all the time we have, but thank you so much for joining us on King Chasing today. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Camilo for sharing about his experience in Clemson's 2021 National Championship run, his success at Southern Wesleyan University, and his advice on balancing work, family, and faith. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the King Chasing Podcast on whatever app you use to listen. We would also appreciate it if you encouraged others to listen and subscribe. Once again, we're thankful to you for tuning in and supporting us. Join us next time on King Chasing. Take care, everyone.